Yep, it never fails. Uh, anytime I get a guest on, uh, technology kind of fails me here and uh, doesn't work the way it's supposed to. Internet crashes, computer crashes. But uh, regardless, we got Nick Adams from Fuel by Hop. So without further ado, here we go. Thanks, Jack. Welcome back to Little Hops of Horse Podcast. I am John, as always, your host today. Um, yeah, we're, we got a special guest today uh, from Fuel by Hops, as I mentioned earlier, but uh, he's going to help me cover this this movie from 2007 called Trick or Treat, uh, sitting at 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.7 on IMDb, and Google users has it at 79%, uh, directed by Michael Dougherty of Godzilla, King of the Monsters, my all-time favorite uh Godzilla movie because it's badass at like the best homage uh, to the old school Godzilla films. But we're not here to talk about Godzilla. That's some other time. Uh, but he also did Krampus. Uh, nice Christmas movie we're probably going to dive into here. But uh, let's get around to talking to our, our guest here. Nick, why don't you introduce yourself? What's going on, guys? I'm Nick with Phil by Hops. Um, it's cool to be on the podcast. I haven't done a podcast in probably a year and I've never done a horror podcast before. So uh, it's a lot of fun for me. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're happy to have you. Uh, so tell us a little bit about Fuel by Hops here. Um, people that, that aren't familiar with it or uh, you know know, know, what, know what you guys are about, why don't you uh, enlighten us, if you will? Yeah, so Fuel by Hops started as an online beer group, started Facebook, kind of blew up during COVID. You know, right now we kind of view ourselves as a craft beer lifestyle brand and an event planning brand. Um, you know, we're known for our online community. We got thousand different members across multiple different social media platforms we can interact talk about beers, uh, recommend different beers recommend different brewers um, realistically it's all about good vibes and good beer that's what we're all about um, we really love doing our events uh, I drink the cookie table lunch the different beer events that we throw on different areas has been kind of our stronghold and that's kind of really where we like to shine yeah, I've been to uh, most of your guys' events, and uh, you guys kill it every time. Uh, you. you definitely, uh, I mean, I feel like you guys kind of came out of nowhere because I've been in the Pittsburgh craft beer scene here for a while, and it used to be like Pittsburgh Craft Beer Society. And then the pandemic, just because they used to have those monthly shares, and the pandemic just shut the world down and shut those shares down and everything. And then that group just kind of died off, and you guys just like took the baton, you know, the, the work that you and Ryan did, uh, and just kept it going and made it into this, you know, wonderful thing that I think always kind of was the goal of Pittsburgh Crap Beer Society, uh, you know, not to take away from the work that you guys have done, but it feels like it's that same kind of sentiment. Like you guys just want to have like a, a very welcoming community. Uh, the focus is about just like people that like to drink beer and have a good time. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's really what it's been. I mean, it, so it feel by hop started as if I remember correctly, Morgantown. Oh, it was Morgantown something beer nerds um interesting i didn't know that and that's what started and then it was like i think we had 80 members and we decided to change the name of the field by hops and then any just uh kinda... any insight onto where that name came from like how you guys came up with that yeah we threw four names up on a vote and the 80 <laughs> members voted <laughs> okay <laughs> that was a little um, less exciting than i was hoping but that's yeah. fine <laughs> um um yeah so we just kind of threw it up there as like different names that so I, I was just a member at the time um, you know, I, I think it really started taking off. Ryan was at 
Dancing Gnomes anniversary and the Hitchhiker and Grist House. You know, they all had that same anniversary date. Yep. And they had that big anniversary weekend. So it was Lustra Day. And he met up with some people from Erie. They invited everyone that they knew up in Erie in the craft beer scene to join Fuel by Hops. And it just kind of started with everyone inviting everyone they knew. And then we just started growing and growing and growing based on, like you said, the community of just being welcoming, sharing different beer ideas about, you know, oh, I, I just had this really good IPA over at this brewery. It's, it's 20 minutes away. You guys got to check it out. Mm-hmm. And that recommendation actually being good. So it lent the group right. credibility to some people and it just, it just kept going and going and going. Yeah. That's a good point there. A lot of people just, you know, talk about the, you know, the mixer 12 pack uh, or six pack section, you know, giant Eagle and not to take anything away from those beers or those people. Like I still raid that for, you know, whatever beer, especially like Oktoberfest, it's cool to grab like one of everything for 13 bucks. But you know, to, if you've been in the beer game for a while, it's like, cool two times IPA been there, done that. But when you're like, Hey, Arboretum trails got this new triple IPA out or ill will as you know, your shirt is uh, today. Uh, people aren't <laughs> going to see this. So whatever funny faces you want to make or anything, <laughs> they're just going to hear you. They're not going to see you. So, um, but it looks like you it's got a, a <laughs> it, uh, it looks like you got a delicious hams that you're sipping on over yeah. there. Um, yeah, sorry, so, I can't join you. No, that's so I get a lot of flack for the hams drinking because I am, in the craft beer scene pretty heavily and I drink more hams than anybody I know. And the reason why I drink hams, I say is I got a fridge full of crazy shit and there's sometimes you just want a beer. Yep. And that's what hams is to me. I don't want to think about, well, do I want a double IPA with Citra or do I want it with <laughs> mosaic today? Or do I want an adjunct stout or a barrel stout? Or I just want a beer, right? It's been a long day. I want a beer. I'm grabbing a hams and that's, that's been my go-to for a while now. Yeah, it's uh, I I worked for Fury Brewing out in uh, Irwin. They have since shut down, and then I worked for Hitchhiker for two years, and I was so excited to like you know, be a part of that community and like get to go to the beer fest and do all these events and everything. And I remember going with uh, Andy, who was the head brewer at at Hitchhiker, and I think it was my first beer fest that I did with them. And um, it's in the winter time. It's the one they did at uh, Necromancer, like the little Christmas one that was like mm-hmm. ten ten breweries or something like that. Um. And I show up and then Andy's got hams. I'm like, dude, there's a, there's an adjunct stout over there. There's these fruited sours. There's all these double IPA here. There's like a dark lager over there and you guys are drinking hams and like all the brewers are just crushing them. And I'm like, what the hell am I missing out on here until, uh, well, I tried the, the beautiful nectar that it is and now I get it. Yeah. I mean, I, I found as well that hams, uh, high life PBR banquet, those seem to be the go-to beers of the brewers. Mm-hmm. That's there. There you go. Banquet beer right there. Um, that, that, that seems to be the go-to of the people that make the stuff. Now, I don't know if that's because they're tired of thinking about beer because that's their day job and they just want to have something that's easy and refreshing or yeah. if it's just love of the style. I mean, I know a lot of people just love crispies and it's hard to find good craft crispies always on tap. So yeah, I think that's something that Pittsburgh's done really well the past couple of years. Um, I think there was a, well, you know, like a demand for that. Um, it's hard to compete with someone, you know, companies like, well, actually, I don't know who, who brews hams. I don't, I don't think it is. That's like, it's not no. like hams brewing. Okay. Brew. Okay. Um, but it's hard to compete with like their volume that they're able to pump out. And, you know, you put out like true Pilsner from hitchhiker. That's the only example that I can use that I know, you know, they'd put that out at like 14 bucks. It's a tap room. Well, you can grab a 30 rack of hams for $15. You know what I mean? Like from a pure value standpoint, like Krispies on the shelf, just 
don't make sense from local breweries, but to have on tap. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I try to grab local crispies when I see them because they, they are hard to find, um, especially when they're done well. Um, but at the same point, it, like you said, it's hard to buy a $15 four pack when I know I can get a 30 rack for 14, but I think it's 16 bucks now is what I paid for this one. So, right. Just pure value standpoint, you know, it makes sense. So you guys are doing um, a pretty cool event here. It's part of the reason why we brought you on is because, well, I have a horror podcast and I drink beer on it and you guys are doing a, uh, you're doing a beer fest, but it's a little different, right? Yeah. So this one is going to, it's going to be called field fest trick or treats. And, uh, the whole idea of the event is when we came down to it, you know, we, we realized we were going to do an event in middle to late October. We thought, okay, it's going to be an outdoor event. It's going to be in October. We need to lean into the Halloween aspect of it. You know, how can we do this? And then, you know, our events are just Ryan and I doing exactly what we're doing. We're sitting on a zoom call. We're sitting on one of these types of calls. We're drinking beers and we just start throwing ideas at each other left and right until something sticks or, Oh, I like that. Let's tweak it. You know, Halloween event. Okay. Well, well, what would you do for a Halloween event? Okay. Well, what about uh costume party? Okay. Well, that's been done. You know, we want to be unique. We want to do something that's a little different. We came up with this idea of doing adult trick-or-treating and everything we've looked at, we've never really seen adult trick-or-treating as a thing. So the beers, the, the, the event's going to be positioned as adult trick-or-treating. You're going to show up in costume, like you're going trick-or-treating. And when you get there, you're going to be presented your neighborhood and there's going to be, you know, 18, 20 breweries in the field. That's your neighborhood that you're going to go knock on the doors and trick or treat. Instead of getting candy, we're asking the brewers to turn their favorite candy into beers. So think nerd sours and peanut butter cup stouts and candy corn lagers and all this crazy candy turned into beers all in one place that you get to go trick or treating at. That sounds awesome. And where's this being held at? It's going to be at Ill Will Brewing Company in Columbiana, Ohio. Okay. Um, it's about an hour, hour and a half from Pittsburgh. Uh, okay. Real cool spot. They're actually on this really nice farm space. It's called the Firestone Farms. Uh, I think it's it's tied to the Firestone family, like the Tire family. Oh, wow. That's um, crazy. And it's really, really cool spot out there. And they have this really nice outdoor yard space. Um, we're going to pack it with some of the best brewers you can find. We're going to have DJ Scottro. If you've ever been to a field event or pick, uh, the penguins games, okay. DJ there, um, DJ Scott will be there. It's just going to be a Halloween vibe. We're, we're asking everyone to show up in costume, dress however you want. Come drink some cool candy beers. Can I bring my chainsaw? Yeah. Okay, cool. Because I might try to scare some people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I'm uh, hoping yeah, people really for the costumes. I'm I'm really hoping we get some cool stuff showing up. I'm probably gonna wear the costume that I'm putting together now. It's just gonna be really hard to drink beer in a pig head, you know, because that's probably what I'm gonna do again this year because it was awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. I've seen some pictures of, of this ill will, and it looks like they do some crazy like like the. It looks like the Bantha milk from Star Wars, like these crazy colored sours that just look super thick and everything like that. Um, looking forward to trying some of their stuff. So ill will, the first time I had them actually was when they came to drink the cookie table too. our event we threw earlier this year mm -hmm. and they brought a Buckeye cookie beer. This was yeah. a chocolate peanut butter sour. And when I say sour, it's just the labeling. It's a smoothie. And this thing was just straight up liquid chocolate peanut butter. 
Okay. It was so good, so refreshing. Um, they had a root beer float, and I was talking to him the night before, and he's like, do you want a beer? And I said, yeah, what do you got? He goes, well, do you want a root beer float? I'm like, oh, is it like a hard root beer? Said, no, it's it's a root beer float. I said, well, is it like a stout? He goes, no, it's a root beer float. I'm like, all right, hit me. <laughs> so he pours it in the glass, and it looks like liquefied chocolate pudding, and you take a sip of it, and it tastes exactly like a root beer float. So the stuff that they do to a beverage to make yeah. it taste however they want it to taste is amazing. They do a really good job at it. I don't know what they're making for my event. They won't tell me. Okay, I like but that. But they keep telling me that it's going to be amazing. They're really pushing themselves to come out with some crazy stuff for this. Um, they're going to have their tap room open for this event as well. So they're going to have some nice. crazy stuff on tap too. Okay. So they're, they're really pushing it hard at this event. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm excited to bring a ton of people out there because I think more people need to know about Ill Will and check out this space because it's a really cool spot. Yeah, I just found out that they're only about... Uh... I think it's less than 20 minutes away from vintage estates, which is like mm-hmm. my all time favorite beer store. And I actually think we're going to go there before we go to the beer fest, uh, grab a pizza, probably spend too much money on a six pack and then, uh, make our way over, uh, to hang out with you guys. But, um, well, we're going to, if, if I can drop a piece of information, I believe we have a pizza food truck at the event. Okay. Okay. So it's not going to deter so, me from buying my six pack though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, no, no. Buy the six pack. Buy, buy two of them. I don't know if I can afford that, but anyway, uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I gave you a list of movies to choose from here. Uh, trick or treat jumped out to you for, for some reason, um, been a horror fan like your whole life or just, just, uh, kind of, you know, whenever this season rolls around. No, I've, I've always been a huge horror fan. Um, I think it started, I want to say young, I'd say teens, um, you know, watching Halloween on, what was it, AMC? Mm-hmm. The, this time of year, they'd run that horror fest and sci-fi would have, you know, nothing but horror movies on for the whole month. Yep. So getting, like, like being able to watch those then was always a way to introduce me to the style. Um, and then I want to say I was 12 or 13 when Saw came out. And that was the first movie that hooked me. I love. Damn, you're that much younger than me. I'm 33. Okay, you're not that much younger than me. Okay, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that was what 03. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So, so Saw came out, and I instantly got hooked to the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just like, okay, I like this. What else can I try? And then uh, a, a big thing that really got me into the se- the the genre as well was, I want to say it was like 07, 08 blockbuster used to run the special. I think it was like 10 bucks but you could rent unlimited movies for the week. Oh, that's cool. So you go in there, you pay 10 bucks and then you take a movie, go home, watch it, take it back to blockbuster, get another one. So I watched every like beeline horror movie you could think of. Nice. Cause because you would walk through blockbuster and go, I wonder if that's good. I wonder if that's yeah. good. I wonder if that, and I just grab them, you know, yep. I would have a day off and I would just sit there and watch a movie, go back to blockbuster two hours later, grab another. Yep. Yep. I call to that, that a lot, uh, that whole video rental Friday kind of deal that you would do with like your parents or your friends or whatever it was. And, uh, you know, they'd always have some kind of deal where you, you know, you rent two movies or you rent three and you get, you know, two or whatever for free. And it would always be like, you get a movie for the family and then the parents would get one and then the kids would get one. And I'd always go and stand in front of the horror section. Cause they'd have like these crazy cover arts that were very appealing to like a nine year old kid. Cause it's all stuff you're not supposed to watch. 
but yeah. you know your buddies down the street always watched it and you didn't want to be the one left out and oh, i wasn't scared even though you were like pissing the bed that night because you were a little scared but um yeah cool so uh is this like a like a favorite of yours is just something you you wanted to watch or i thought it kind of tied in nice to the event being the same name um cheesy little self plug um, but <laughs> but uh I don't know. I, I, I always thought this movie was a fun one, just mm-hmm. just for reasons we'll talk about later on here. Right. Um, I thought it was a really well put together movie, even though it's not necessarily the best horror movie or best movie out there. I, I, I do think it's put together really well. Yeah, I can see that. And and they do. Uh, we can start talking about it now a little bit. Um, you know, what, what I didn't what I did like about it is that there's a lot of dark humor in this, uh, you know, especially with that, like principal early on and uh just uh the 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 misleading on the uh that like bonfire like that teenage you know high school whatever bonfire scene with you know with the girls um there's a decent amount of gore in here also uh stuff that i I wasn't crazy about um some of the stories like i didn't really care for like the bus story all that much uh it wasn't terrible but it just kind of it didn't feel like it fit like the rest of the movie for me uh, it felt like it was kind of like the outlier um, and maybe just like a little bit longer. I'm normally a fan of 90 minute movies, but this one I could, you could have bumped it to two hours because they, like you said, they did the story pretty well and it, it just needed like a little more, like maybe just, uh, I don't know, a little more meat in there uh, just to like yeah, give me some I more can, character development or whatever. I can agree with that. I mean, the fact that they were trying to tell four different stories at once in 90 minutes does feel rushed. Yeah. Um, but at the same point, I, I do like that. Like, like one of my favorite things about the movie is that this felt like it was a movie that was made to be one movie. Even mm-hmm. though it's four stories, they, it has a start. Mm-hmm. It has a finish. It didn't try to set itself up for a sequel, which right. if it's a good series, you can do sequels, but this obviously wasn't going to have a sequel to it. Don't let it linger. Yeah, you know, I know you just did um, the Pope's Exor- the the Pope's Exorcist. Yeah, and that was a decent movie, right? But why set it up for a sequel? That that just felt empty yeah, empty. yeah. You know, don't do that if you don't need to. Right? Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't a fan. Like it looked like it was going to be some buddy cop bullshit where you know they're going to tag team the next bad guy in the next series in Brazil or whatever. You know, and it's just going to be this. I don't know. I wasn't a fan. Uh, they, I hate the way they ended that movie because I did really enjoy it up until then. Um, yeah. Same yeah. Here. For me, I, I, you know, I'm going to give this probably like a, probably like a seven and a half out of 10. Uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a solid watch. Uh, I think I enjoyed it more the first time. I wish I could see more of Sam, you know, like he's, he's kind of portrayed as this, like, you know, when you look at like these, you know, uh, like Halloween collages, you know, if you buy like a blanket or just like a poster or something, it has like all the Halloween icons, like you'll see him, but he's barely in the movie. You know, and it would just be, he's, he's in there, but not really. His story isn't really told until the very end with, with the old guy. But, um, I mean, he's cool. I don't even think his story's told, really. I think it's just more, you find out more who or what he is. Right. And, and I gotta admit, that's probably my least favorite part of the movie is when his mask comes off. Yeah. I, I did, I didn't like that. I, I felt it would have been a better movie if there was that mystery of who is this Sam? Who is this kid? Yeah. He's legit the most adorable villain I've ever seen. (laughs) Yeah. So having some backstory on him would have been kind of cool. But at the same mm-hmm. point, if he really is what he looks like, he is, there probably isn't a backstory. He's just the keeper of 
Halloween folklore and keeper of Halloween traditions. Mm -hmm. And he's there to to check you if you step out of line. Yeah. I got some nods like early on, like the, the way they, they open the movie with um, like the camera work and everything where it's that first person, you know, uh, point of view. Uh, it reminds me of, of Halloween, uh, Carpenter's Halloween, where there's that, you know, kind of erratic camera that follows you know, through the house and just people doing things and, and, you know, whatnot, you don't see the killer, but you're looking through the eyes of the killer, which, uh, which is pretty cool. That's my first note I have from this movie is love the nod to Halloween early on with the, with, with the view through Sam's mask. Okay, so, cool. Totally get cool. It. Cool. We're on the same page. Um, yeah. yeah. And I mean, it doesn't take long for, you know, I, I like the, the early death there. Um, I wish they would have shown it a little more, but I mean, that guy, I don't know. He kind of deserved it for letting his wife do all the work and everything while he's watching some weird BDSM shit in the fucking bedroom by himself. Yeah. I don't know exactly what was going on there. But, <laughs> I uh, don't either. It was very weird. She was she like, would... go ahead, put the tape on. He's like, yes. And then she takes all the decorations down and then he just wakes up in leather. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. But then at the same point, like they loop around to that at the end of the movie and you still don't get any more answers. Yeah. No, it's just like a, <laughs> It's just there. Um, and then uh, a little a little cameo from Thurman Merman. You know, they jump right into the next story after that. And you got Thurman Merman from Bad Santa. Now he's, mm-hmm. I don't even know, twice the size as he was, but he looks exactly the same. The kid's probably like, you know, 16 in that picture, but he's the same. Um, and he plays that stereotypical like dickhead kid that's like smashing pumpkins yeah. and TPing houses. Did you ever do any uh, debauchery like that or? Were you a good kid? I didn't. I did. So, so I, I grew up in the country. Um, I grew up where my neighbors were not necessarily the closest. So you have like, where I live now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if I was going to do something like that, I'd have to really haul ass to get away with it. Yeah, your cardio um, game got to be on point. Yeah. So no, I, I never really did anything like that. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the principal is pretty cool. Um, He's, he's kind of off right at this. This was probably my favorite story. I think um, just the way that he like kind of nonchalantly kind of, you know, kills this kid uh, by giving him like poison candy. And he's like, you know, there's the cliche one liner like, oh, should have told you to check your candy. And he's just vomiting like blood all over the steps. And, uh, you know, then then he drags him inside and then but trick or treat still going on. So like kids show up and he's like getting ready to bury this kid in the backyard and, and they're like oh cool outfit mr wilkins or principal wilkins and he's like thanks get out of here <laughs> well i mean i as horrible as the acting is in, is in this movie though that was a good scene though because you see him have that oh shit look in his eyes mm-hmm. when he opens the door to do a trick-or-treat and they're like oh it's a cool costume and he's like 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 you can see that like wave of relief come over his face like Oh yeah, this is what I totally meant to look like. Yes, and I am in costume, <laughs> and and he knows instantly I'm gonna get away with this again. Right, that's awesome. And then you know, I I I do really love this 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 is probably my favorite story of the whole thing. You know, he's trying to bury the uh, you know the body in the backyard, and I kind of got some burbs vibes. Remember when they're like digging in the clopex to try not to get caught, and the neighbor's dog's barking, and he's like, oh, "I'm not doing anything back here." And then the kids yelling at him. He's like, "I want to do my pumpkin." He's like, "Not now. Shut up. Like, oh, give me a minute." And the kids screaming in the grave. That whole scene is just so chaotic and fun. Yeah. Um, what I think he throws a body part, doesn't he? Yeah, I th- oh, he throws a finger at the dog to try to get him to shut up. 
<laughs> which is a bit incriminating, but you know, whatever. I'm not here to judge. Uh, but then, the, you know, the nice little, uh, you know, little, uh, oh, what the hell's the damn word I'm looking for? Uh, help me out here, Nick. It's a curveball. There we go. That's what this okay. hand yeah, motion curveball. is on my, yeah. <laughs> uh, where, you know, you find out the kid is just as messed up as the dad is, and he's trying to do his own little, uh, you know, jack o' lantern, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I I really like the use of misdirection they used in this movie. Now, I know that's a thing across all horror movies for the most part, but I think they did a really good job of not necessarily the suspense of it, but the use of it. Like, you totally thought when he's getting ready to carve the jack-o'-lantern mm-hmm. that something else was going to happen. And something... Yeah, he was so pissed at his kid. Like, he just... He, he You thought that he was just going to go down and, like, kill his kid. And that's not and, what happened. And then... And and then you think he's carving a pumpkin, and mm-hmm. that's not what happened. And it's just no. it was a it was a really good job of misdirection, especially in that scene. But but throughout this whole movie, I do think they did a really good job of oh, this is you know like every other movie I've ever seen. I know what's going to happen here, and yeah. then it hits you with a curveball, and yep. it's like okay, I I knew something was happening, but not that. And I think that's why I do like this movie is that it's predictable but not predictable at the same time. Yeah, they did a good, yeah, like you said, and then even after you know fool me once you know uh but that's you know they i don't know if that's the next story that happens no that's that's the bus story that we talked about before i think that's the the next story and that was the one i wasn't like a huge fan of um and we talked about this briefly pre-podcast uh do you so did you grow up in erie up in that area yeah i'm, I'm still in erie actually well i know that but i just didn't know if that's where if you were like if you moved uh, there so- or if I grew up in Canada Lake area, so I'm about an hour south of Erie, um, Centerville, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it, it's a small, small area I'm from. Okay. When you guys were hanging out as teenagers or young adults and you're trying to, you know, impress your girlfriends or whatever by telling scary stories, did any uh, urban legends ever pop up up there? I never had any. I mean, none that come to mind. I mean, we had not necessarily an urban legend, but um, from a a town really close to mine is the Amish killer. You ever heard about that guy? No. He's the only Amish guy ever convicted, uh, convicted of murder. He like stomped up his wife's head, killed his kid. Jesus. Uh, really gruesome stuff. And he was, he was convicted of murder. Um, and he was from a town 20 minutes away from us. That is terrifying. I think it's Ed, Ed Gingrich, Ed, something like that. Um, there was a book wrote on it. Actually, you know what? Now that you say that, uh, my one of my favorite podcasts, uh, Time Suck, I think they did talk about the uh, the Amish killer, and I didn't know if it was because that's kind of a weird title. If that's somebody that's killing Amish people, or if it's an Amish killer. No, it was Trails it was side. a straight up Amish dude that like murdered his entire family. That's that's awful. Uh, I yeah, thought it was, was at the top here. So, wow. Okay, it's not. I thought it was a recent episode. I guess I must have been dreaming that one. Uh, yeah, so there was one. I'm just going to tell a real quick one here that uh, there was one in, in Pittsburgh that people, this is where most of our listener base is, but we are global now. Um, <laughs> uh, there was one in uh, the north side, I guess more specifically North Shore, uh, right next to uh, Akershore Stadium, which is you know, formerly known as uh Heinz Field. Uh, it's called the Cong- Congolier House. I didn't look up how to pronounce that because I'm an idiot. Um, it's called. It's referred to as the uh, the House of the Devil Built. 
And um, like I said, this area does not exist anymore. But the legend states that the mansion was built by uh, this guy. And that when his wife found out that he was having an affair, uh, she murdered them both. And um, a few days later, she was found cradling the maid's head and singing lullabies to it. Uh, the next resident, like the people that moved in after all this, uh, discovered, you know, heads of women in the basement that he was like experimenting on and all that stuff. Um, and you know, it just, it just, you know, there's a unfortunate events kind of took place like after that, just forever, uh, until it blew up and nobody really knew why <laughs> or how it blew up, uh, back in 1927. And now it's right next to Heinz field. Well, I mean, uh, Akersure stadium. So I wonder if that, if there's just like ghosts kind of wandering around, you know, like trying to get some, like, I don't know, Quaker steak wings or, or beer or, you know, anything like that. Um, yeah, I, I would be interested to hear a little more details about that. Cause that, that's an interesting, uh, folklore there. It would be a cool movie. It would be a cool movie. It would be cool. There's another crazy one up in uh, Chicago, but I don't have the details on that. But this guy, like, never mind. We don't have time for that. <laughs> anyway, back to the movie. So this was like my least favorite of the, of the stories, um, in the anthology, um, where the kids, I, I mean, I can appreciate it, you know, uh, cause we all wanted to play pranks on our friends, uh, but just taking it to the extent where, so I, I was taking notes or something, uh, but I, I kind of lost track of this part of the movie, the girl that they're like targeting, uh, why did they target her? Do you remember? Uh, because she was a savant, she was awkward. She was really smart, really intelligent, okay. really bright and really okay. talented by all the pumpkins that she did, but she was socially awkward. Um, and I think they knew they could use the good looking boy in the group to mm. lure her out of the house and play a prank on someone who might not think pranks are possible. And they didn't think that they would do it on her or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I think that's why they picked on her. I mean, she was the weird kid in school and that's why they did it. Yeah. I've been there. Um, yeah. So, you know, they, they do the whole, you know, they, they try to pay tribute, uh, to this fake, you know, urban legend or whatever. Uh, but it turns out that, uh, well, they, they bit off a little more than they can chew and that it actually wasn't an urban legend. Uh, and now, so it looked like there were a lot of kids down there though. Uh, so the, the movie shows only like a handful of them, you know, when they drive the bus off. Yeah. And I thought when they were showing them kind of coming at them, I was, I thought there was like a lot more than that, but I could be mistaken. I, I can see where that could be the case. I, I I think that was probably the 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 work of shaky camera work. Yeah, um, probably. And fast scenes making it just feel like they were being overwhelmed. But really, mm-hmm. it was what four on eight. Um, yeah. And the the bus kids completely took over. But like you said, it it felt like there was a lot more of them. Yeah, I love the uh, that that instant karma that that uh, <laughs> that that little girl uh got when she locked the elevator and was like nope you got to stay down here and and suffer your fate so that was kind of like a nice feel-good ending to a you know a little bit of a horror story there um have you ever done any like ghost adventures or gone to like a, a real actual haunted location or anything like that i haven't so i want to say this was probably last year two years ago I was at a beer share and I was talking to the guys from North country okay, uh, down in Slippery Rock. Mm-hmm. And rumors are that their brew house, their one brew house is haunted. 
And I told the guys, I said, look, we're, we're, we're kicking off this podcast with Field by Hops. I want to do an overnight lock-in at your brew house where we drink nothing but the Yajagoff lager that you guys make. And we hang out in your haunted brew house for the night and just see what happens. Oof. And uh, the guy I was talking to was like, yeah, let's do it. And then we just never linked up again after it. But I'm still down to do that. I think that'd be a cool, you know, it, it kind of ties in what I do with beer and the horror mm-hmm. scene. Um, I mean, you got a podcast and you like horror and beer. So, I mean, we could bring you into it too. If you want to sleep in a haunted brewery, (laughs) I might have to pass. So as much as like, I love horror, like I love all of this. I I know at the end of the day, it's fake. I am a very real believer in the paranormal and the supernatural and all that other crazy shit that we just like, because you can't disprove it. You know what I mean? And that there's just, there's that little tiny possibility. Um, and the last thing I need is to bring some shit home and my wife to be mad at me, uh, for some angry poltergeist knocking over her nice plates or something out of the damn cabinet. Yeah. I mean, so, so I think that's why I like the horror genre is that because for every movie like trick or treats that, you know, it's just blatantly just a story. Mm-hmm. There's the movies like, um, I know you just did exorcism of Emily Rose. One of my favorite movies, by the way, I love the storyline and that whole thing and everything mm-hmm. did in it. For every movie like Trick or Treat, there's there's an exorcism of Emily Rose where there's something there. What what that is happened. it? Yeah, that happened. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And and I, I think those are the movies I like the most are okay, this is based loosely on a true story, or this is a true story. You know, those are the ones that I'm really drawn to. Yep. Um that's the kind of stuff that I would get into. I've never been in a situation where I've been around some spooky shit. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm open to it right now, but I I've changed like, like I definitely reserve the right to change my mind. <laughs> right. I, I feel like it's that, it's that classic saying, like everybody wants to be a gangster until it's time to do gangster shit. And I feel like I would be all in to do something like that right now until there's like a little handprint on the window. And then I'm screaming like a little child and I want to get out of there as fast as possible. Yeah. I got no problem going there. And as soon as some <laughs> chick starts going down, I have no problem leaving. Like I'm an yeah. adult and I can go. So uh-huh. 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 all of those, uh, those ghost adventures there's like a thousand of those channels now on on youtube and i love when they go and they're like is there a ghost here please make a noise and then it does and they freak the fuck out like that's what you're doing that's what you're trying to you're getting getting a reaction and now you're scared that you got that reaction but yeah i don't know so all right where were we in this movie here um just which which, just one last thing on the bus scene I think one of the worst parts about the bus scene is that it was the biggest part of the movie. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was kind of longest, a big chunk. It, it it was the longest story that they told out of the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't a lot of cuts in the middle of the bus scene where you do have some jumps back and forth between different stories throughout the other ones. Yeah. Um, the bus scene seems to be the one that they wanted to really put their this movie behind. And yeah. like you said, it just it, it just wasn't for me either. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not alone in that. Yeah. And then, you know, they, they kind of try to bring you back, uh, because they do introduce the girls for the next story, uh, before all of this, you know, it's the classic, like, Oh, come on, you know, you don't want to be a virgin at 22 or whatever. And, you know, so you're like, okay, it's this whole trope again. It's just the same, you know, the teenage, you know, and, you know, but, again with with the misdirection the misleading you know you think it's going to be a field party where they're going to try to you know pop this girl's cherry and she's going to finally get out you know and 
do all this stuff and uh and they they do uh just not exactly the sense that we were expecting yeah it's, um, it, it's not what you're thinking and you have characters come back in the girl story that you didn't mm-hmm. expect um it it i think this was one of the better uses of misdirection um was yeah. their story right and a little more uh go ahead no i was just gonna say i would have liked if they would have switched the time slots of the girls and the party scene mm-hmm. for the van or the the bus and the students yeah i so again this is where the movie kind of gets a little messy for me so you know obviously it's cool that they tied in that principal from earlier in the movie he's the one that gets like sacrificed essentially because he was running around biting people and then he bit the wrong person uh but like was this the same night of halloween that he killed the kid and then made a jack-o'-lantern in the basement with his kid then did he put on a little costume and then bite people and then get eaten i think so because if you remember when he says you know dad i want to go trick-or-treating he says no i have a party you know that's one of the first things he says to his kid when his kid's yelling out the window is i have a party to go to or or i have a date um, uh, that so, part. so they set that hole up that dad's going to be going out now. You, you forget that when you're watching the rest of the movie, right. but when he takes off the mask, it's like, Oh, okay. Now, now I get where dad's date is. Yeah. He's there. And then, you know, he gets some karma. Um, <laughs> I have a note here that says it's a bunch of hot women werewolves. And I said, man, if that were a thing, we'd all be fucked. <laughs> These guys are real stupid. And we'd be irrelevant as a species in like four months uh, just because, you know, pretty girl bats their eyes at us and, you know, our whole body just shuts down. And if, if they were using that to just eat us, uh, yeah, we, we would be fucked, man. No, we wouldn't last long at all. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So we get to the end of the movie. Uh, and this is probably your least favorite um, because this is where we find out. Well, we we don't really find out who's or what Sam is but we see more of him that you didn't want to see. Yeah. I mean, it's just that they, they took the mystique away from the one truly interesting character this movie mm-hmm. had, and they took all away the mystery of him. And now don't get me wrong. They had Brian Cox in it. And I love super mm-hmm. troopers seeing him yeah. in something like this was always fun. Um, but just, just them taking the mask off Sam really just kind of put me off. Um, I don't think it was necessary. I don't think it was needed. I think it'd been better without it. Yeah, I can see that. Um, Cause I mean, it's, it's already kind of apparent that he's not of this world, that, that he's a little something extra and to like give him that, like it would have been cool if they took the mask off and you saw like Brian Cox's reaction uh, of like, Holy fuck. Oh my God, this is terrifying. But then you never actually see his face. You know, when you do something like that, then it's like, Oh shit. What, well, what was that? You know, that's, that would have been cooler than seeing like a pumpkin guy. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, alien pumpkin. Yeah. Demon, whatever, whatever it was. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I, I feel like they really dropped the ball and leaving him to the viewer's imagination would have done this movie better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do appreciate, uh, his, uh, his little trick that he does where he puts like the, the, the goggles on the dog 
and then six them on the kids, you know, just because I love scaring kids at Halloween, especially ones that, that think they're, they're tough and they're manly and all that stuff. Well, let me tell you, when they see a chainsaw and a guy that isn't <laughs> moving out of the wave, <laughs> they, they get a little skittish. Uh, yeah, and I just like to remind them of that, that you can't, you know, you can't act like that sometimes. Um, hopefully I don't get, you know, nobody comes after me for therapy, uh, reimbursement. So, but yeah, I guess Fair Sam enough. decides to, <laughs> Sam decides to pay him a visit. Um, I love the writing all over the wall. Uh, and just, he just wants a treat. It's all he wants. And I don't know, that would creep me the fuck out if I was a dickhead all night. And then I come into my room and there's just writing all over the wall and I don't know, you know, what it's from. I mean, the one thing I did like about this final story was the absolute ending because mm-hmm. it makes sense why Sam is there and why he picked this person to visit, whether he mm-hmm. wanted to treat or not is why he's there. I think it was more the other stories as why he's there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the ending, even though the ending was kind of like, Oh, okay. I get it now. But at the same point, it was cool that they, they tied in that second story to the fourth story. Mm-hmm. And at that ending, you see, all four stories in a sense line up in a way where you see that opening credit scene, you see mm-hmm. the girl from the bus, you see mm-hmm. the girls in the, I mean, you see it all kind of all happening right then and there at one time. Yep. Um, I think that was one of my favorite parts about the movie was the way that they, they lined up the timeline at that end to kind of make it seem like, okay, this was all one night, even though all this crazy shit happened, this was all one night. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, there's a lot happening right now in this world uh, that we aren't seeing or being a part of because we're hanging out drinking beer, talking about horror movies. Um, but yeah, that's just cool to see, you know. Yeah, yeah that, that part was pretty cool. I like the um, the little battle that they end up having. Uh, anytime I see somebody's Achilles get cut, oh God, it just, it gets me every time. That's something like, I do not want to step foot on the ground out of my bed <laughs> just in case there's something yeah. under there. <laughs> That'd be a shitty way to go. <laughs> uh but they have like a little, uh, it reminded me of um, Home Alone when, you know, he kind of like starts fucking up the the bandits, you know, because you know, he falls down the stairs and he's like on all that glasses on his hands. And ah, that would be very painful. I've gotten tiny little bits of glass in my hand and it sucks. I can't imagine having your whole body just caked in broken glass. Yeah, that, would, that would be the worst. That would be the world. There's glass, there's razors. I think there were might even been needles and on top of walking on candy. Yep, all the stuff that you're not you're supposed to check your candy for, as our parents, yeah. uh, you know, told us because people were shoving razor blades and Snickers back in the day. Uh, now it's have like fat and all. Have you ever found anything in your candy before? No, not yet. Well, we'd always get like every once in a while we get the weirdos that would put. And this is I'm not taking shots because people had different you know financial situations. We did have people that put like plastic baggies together with like an apple and like some like a portion of chips or something like that. Like it wasn't even like a sealed bag. It was just like handmade candy. And we would always just throw that stuff away immediately. Yeah. So I, I, I took my little one out during COVID and a lot of people were giving out like gift bags of candy. And I'm sure it was an accident, but I found like a two inch push pin in her candy bag. Oh, it was man. the first time I've ever found anything that you're like, Hey, you know, let's just throw this whole bag away. I don't know what's going on here. I'm sure it's an accident, but right. That's not supposed to be here. So that 
I always thought, you know, oh, check your candy was a myth until you find something. It's like, okay, now you, you, you really should check your candy. Right. Grandma, yeah, tossed the wrong bag in. Uh, you got the medicine bag instead of uh, the candy bag. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. well, we got a kid now. He's not even two months old yet, but so we're not quite to the trick or treat phase, but I will go through his candy mainly because I'm a fat ass and I want the Reese cups. Uh, he yeah, can have, yeah, no, he, he, he got to earn the Reese cup, the Reese cup. So <laughs> you get the 50 year olds, you get the Reese's. I know how it is. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, but just this little battle ensues, like a little home alone kind of, you know, fight between him and old man and going down without a fight. I love that he just pulls that shotgun and just blasts him <laughs> and he goes flying across the room. Uh, and I do believe he hits him with a double tap, but it doesn't matter because Sam's supernatural. Yeah. Or whatever. Or whatever. So, He's just yeah. a pumpkin guy. You don't know. But yeah, what, I think he grows himself back together at one point. Yeah, but not really. It's like they just took like a pumpkin and then another pumpkin and just like put it together. And then the next scene, he has his hand back. <laughs> it wasn't even like, yeah, it wasn't even like Nightmare Before Christmas where like they at least put some effort into like little stringy things, putting what's her faces, you know, whatever back together. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, real low effort on that one. But get some some candy and that's it. That's that's the end of the movie. Pretty much all he wanted was something, something good to eat. Now, I love the ending. Like you said, uh, that was definitely fun. How, you know, he let him leave, and you know, he gets that knock at the door, and it's all the dead kids from the bus. And then that's like the the real ending of the movie after you find out that you know it comes full circle. And uh, yeah, so I mean, all in all, it's a it's a pretty fun film. I'm glad I got to rewatch it. Thank you for recommending it any final thoughts on on the movie no i i I think it's a good one to watch once a year this time of year you know maybe Mm -hmm. not till october but at the same point it's a fun actual halloween centric movie i mean yeah there's the the halloween franchise but i don't i don't really think of trick-or-treat and michael myers in the same sentence um that's a whole different that's a whole different monster there Um, literally yeah i mean i mean i'm all about it i've Designed this whole yeah. while ago. This has nothing to do with the podcast, but um, yeah. well, I got to see it. They won't see it, but that's an awesome glass, by the way. Yeah, but uh, but just having an actual like Halloween trick or treat horror movie that I don't know. It's 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 just a cool movie to watch this time of year. Yeah, and I, and I do wish they would do more things uh, centered around Halloween. Like you said, uh, Halloween tends to be dominated by. Halloween, uh, if you can follow along with that one. Uh, yeah. But, you know, th- there are endless amounts of horror movies out there, and, you know, they have them for, but none of them are like, uh, you know, really revolve around holidays. You know, you, you have, I mean, Eli Roth has Thanksgiving coming out this year, which I'm looking forward to. But other than that, there really isn't much Christmas movies. There's a handful of them. Valentine's Day, there's a couple. Same with Halloween, uh, at least that I can think of off the top of my head. But yeah, it would be cool to see some more stuff, you know, real, like you were talking about earlier, like real situations that you can put yourself in, you know, something going bad during, you know, trick or treat, uh, if it's a zombie outbreak or, you know, just whatever, uh, while you're out with your kid trick or treating and just zombies are out and you're like, fuck, (laughs) I'm in a neighborhood that isn't even my own. Like, how the hell do I get home? You know, something like that would be, you know, crazy to have to go through. 
Yeah, no, I definitely think there needs to be more of the season movies, especially for this. I mean, the imagery's there. Yeah. The script is half written for you. It, it, right. It's all there. It's just a matter of making it happen. Um, you know, we all watch Christmas movies come December. You know, people watch horror movies this time of year, but there's none that are really designed for Halloween. I mean, like we said, take Halloween out of the equation. That's its own genre, if you will. I mean, they've they've done everything you can do there. Um, there needs to be more movies like Trick or Treat that are about the holiday, I think. Yeah, I agree. Okay, well, that's uh, that's a review there of uh, Trick or Treat. Thanks for coming on, Nick. I do appreciate it. Um, any last words you want to, you want to tell anybody about the, the event coming up? Do you guys still got some tickets available for people to grab any merch, anything like that? Yeah, we got tickets still available. There will be some merch at the event. Um, if you're looking for tickets, I would definitely tell you to head over to www.fueledbyhops.com slash ticks, T-I-X. Um, tickets are going on sale. They've been on sale. Uh, we got New breweries dropping every week. Um, you'll see everyone that's been listed so far. There's some pretty heavy hitters. Yeah. Um, the answer's on there. Uh, Ill Will's on there. Um, those are the Ill Will, Four Score. I mean, Four Score. I don't want to say this is a stout and sour event, but when you think of candy beers, those are right. the two styles that just jump off the page. There's going to be a lot of crazy stouts. There's going to be a lot of funky sours. There's going to be mm-hmm. some stuff that you never even thought could be done. Mm-hmm. in a beer mm-hmm. you're going to find that here. um that being said i know these breweries and they're going to bring one or two beers that are on point for the event and then they're going to bring a killer hazy with them or they're going to bring a crispy or yeah, they're going to bring up. something just kind of off the wall so if you like the idea of candy beers i got the perfect event for you but cool. if you like good beer i got the perfect event for you too so definitely run over if you want to come on out october 21st ill will brewing in columbiana ohio Tickets still available. We'd love to have you come out. Just come dressed for a good time. All right. Sounds good. Well, hey, uh, thanks again for coming on. Really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for sharing the uh, information about the event. Uh, love what you guys are doing. Hopefully we can do some more work in the future if you're interested. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thank you very much, Nick. All right. So next week, guys, uh, as you know, this is a very busy month for uh well halloween and horror fans uh so we're going to be doing saw x and the week after that we're going to be doing the new exorcist uh week after that's probably going to be talk to me so we're banging out three of this year's hottest new releases or most you know i don't know the ones you're looking forward to the most i don't know we'll see uh chances are one of those three or two of those three are going to let us down. Uh, Hopefully not. Hopefully we're scared and blown away and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, until next week, cheers.